The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This episode of the Recruiter's Lounge originally aired, when did this air? <laughs> it's originally aired January 24th, 2008. The title was Three Cheers for Breast Milk. In this action-packed podcast, you will hear illegal interview questions in the USA are not so illegal elsewhere. Jim has an Al Bundy moment when it comes to breastfeeding in the office. And do you know what the law says about how recruiters should be paid? You may be surprised. All this and more in the latest edition of the Recruiter's Lounge. And you will hear what was said way back when, January 24th, 2008, after this message from our sponsor. Recruitment marketing, as compared to maybe employer branding, is all about getting your message and your story in front of the right audience. It's a lot to manage, and what Practive Talent does for our clients is we help centralize so you have one partner, one vendor to help you manage all those relationships. And not only that, we help you track the effectiveness of every media dollar you spend on hiring so that you know in real time that you're getting the greatest ROI for your marketing investment to attract great talent into your company. We help our clients with recruitment marketing in a couple ways. One is a recruitment marketing strategy. And with that, we really take the time to help you build the right strategy. And then we get mutual approval on that strategy before you spend a single dime. The other way we do this is through our agency of record service. This is a partnership with you where we're able to reach out to publishers on your behalf to negotiate better pricing, to execute on media campaigns, uh, and really act as an extension of your team. Some of the benefits that our clients have seen working with Practive Talents Recruitment Marketing Services is an overall reduction of 30% cost per applicant. That's really significant. It's showing that we're able to leverage great technology, programmatic, and we're also flexible and scalable. We're platform agnostic. We're always gonna use whatever the greatest and latest technology is, whatever the best platforms are to help create efficiencies in your media purchasing so that you're always on the cutting edge. For more information on Proactive Talent, visit them online at proactivetalent.com or click the link in the podcast description. Do you love four-letter words? Who doesn't? And then you mix recruiting news and insights in with those four-letter words. I'm Cheese. And I'm Chad. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. We, we out. out. This podcast is sponsored by Superpass, the go-to software for out-the-box content websites and mobile apps. With the Superpass platform, you can create your own branded website and native mobile apps to host your digital content, subscribers, and more. Do you have quality content that you want to share with the world in a beautiful and intuitive site? If so, then Superpass can provide the tech solution for you. Hold all your digital content in one place, your brand, your way. Check out Superpass.app. That's S-U-P-A-P-A-S-S dot app. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. Welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. 
The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry, and it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in The Recruiter's Lounge. SGA Executive Tracker Pro is an online service providing contact information on thousands of executives at each of the top public and private companies. And here are these people. It is 100%, yes, 100% telephone verified, constantly updated, highly accurate, and comprehensive. With SGA Executive Tracker Pro, you have at your fingertips the contact information of C-level executives and all of those essential director and management level personnel that you just can't seem to find anywhere else. Listen up, people. SGA Executive Tracker Pro can dramatically shorten the amount of time it takes you to find the best leads. Hey, pick up the phone right now and give them a call. Tell them Jim Strauss said, I could have a free 15-minute online demonstration of your product, and I want to see it right now. The number you need to make that happen is 518-843-4611. That's 518-843-4611. And, of course, you can also find them online at www.sgaexecutivetracker.com. everyone this is another session of the recruiting lounge and jim for some reason said i can start it off today so hi everyone and i'm karen matinen and i'm here with my wonderful host jim stroud hello everybody <laughs> you don't sound as enthused as i do uh, well, you, hey, shouldn't I'm jim stroud. you shouldn't have let me but hey you didn't have to twist my arm too hard oh well, no that's true you jump right in there and, <laughs> and it was a good job too by the way thank you so what is going on? What's going on? Oh, I know what's going on. What's going on is that it's, it's, going, it's becoming more and more a one-world economy. Uh, well, should I say one-world economy? I'll say a one-world workforce. That's, that's what I'll call it. Global. It's a global workforce. Global workforce? Okay. A global one-world one world workforce. Yeah. Maybe I should patent that name. Has anyone else used that? One-world workforce? One World Workforce. That sounds good. Yeah, maybe I'll, we'll stick that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to patent that name so nobody will steal it. But we're becoming, we're becoming more and more of, an, of a One World Workforce, and, and, and we're gradually seeing, very gradually, like super gradually, but it's, it's, I think it's going to happen more and more, of companies of, of, uh, adopting certain practices that heretofore, that's a legal term, heretofore were only recognized in the United States, uh, but maybe recognized in other countries, or were recognized in, a, in one country but not here in the United States. And I'm rambling because there was an interesting blog post Karen and I were talking about earlier from um, Recruitnik, I think it was, right? Mm-hmm. It was about this This person was um, uh, being interviewed in Japan. No, and actually, let me, I'll, let me explain that a little yeah. better. Recruitnik had a post there. She kind of cross-linked to, to another post where she felt, well, would you be offended? Um, if you were asked oh wait her, wait plug, plug her plug, plug her, her her blog because we're talking about her. Okay, um, I'm not sure what the actual email is or website address is on. Okay, I'll post I'll post it on on the on the blog. Go ahead. Okay, well she had a question that was said, would you be offended if you were asked certain questions like what was being asked in say countries like Japan or you know like in some places like in Europe, and when they're asking like women. Are you planning to have get pregnant soon, or do you drink, or things like that? Things that would be considered completely illegal here in in America. Can right? you imagine asking Americans that? 
Well, they, I mean, there's, of course they can. It would be the EEOC in itself. Well, I mean, right? here in the States, it would be, be like an easy lawsuit. Well, when we went to the article, one of the things that – now, she asked that question, too. She was wondering, is it because we're a little bit more stuffier than these individuals and they're a bit more retroactive than we are, they're a little bit more avant-garde? She didn't use those words. Or is it because, or is it just that these companies – I mean, these companies just haven't come with it yet or the countries haven't gotten with it yet, Okay. I mean, the article stated that with the global economy, Americans who are being hired for these foreign countries, Mm -hmm. they need to be prepared for these type of questions. Now, are these the most outrageous questions they'll ask? You know, are you married? Do you have kids? Do they they ask you anything about your sexual preferences or anything like that? I'm sure they probably do. I mean, there's there's no legal right or wrong in some of these countries, okay? Like Japan, they don't have an EEOC. Okay, so so if someone say was hiring for a popular nightclub spot or something, mm-hmm. and um, they have a lot of um, older uh, gentlemen come in, and they'll, and they'll say, okay, in this club, you know, the men here get kind of frisky. You know, are you straight or are you gay? Because if you're gay, that might be a, an issue with you, or maybe straight may be an issue with you. Um, but it's a, so you're trying to say that this could be a bona fide occupation qualification. And by the way, yeah, we don't mind you taking tips if they want to fill you up, kind of thing, right? Right. Because <laughs> you ask that, you ask that legally in, in in Japan, I guess you're talking. I'm sure that you can legally ask it because, like this one girl said, you know, they asked her she was drinking, and when she drank, and she's even though she's a modest drinker, she says in Japan, you know, they go out a lot and they drink a lot, part of their meetings, and so they want to make sure that you can kind of feel comfortable hanging out in that type of environment. But that would not be something that would be considered kosher in, in America. Now, what I so she was asking a question, and I was basically was. Are, you know, Americans, first off, they were saying in the article, Americans needed to get adopted to this. We need to get accustomed. Hmm. And they think that these countries, these countries are going to be able to continue to do so. Well, I don't see that. And the reason I don't see that, I think with the Internet, people become more and more savvy about their rights. Hmm. And England, for example, and I'm going to give them Great Britain a perfect two fingers up on this one, too. Two fingers up? Two fingers up. Not two thumbs up? Uh, that's what I meant, really. Two thumbs up. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You've been to McDonald's right recently, haven't you? <laughs> I'm blushing here. Okay, yeah, two thumbs up. Okay, so well, let me tell you, because England adopted their own version of the EEOC back in 2006, November 2006. They just merged all three groups in, um, in October 2007. But they now have realized and recognized that they needed to create an EOC down there because they saw that people were, they had a problem with people being on the dole. That's like uh, unemployment here. Mm. And they had a law a issue of long-term unemployment. And they were recognizing that this was due to a lot of discrimination. So they re- said, hey, we need to have an EOC in our own country. And that is what we'll see more and more com- um, countries are going to start establishing this too. And especially with the power of the internet, hmm. you know, you know, and especially too, the United Nations has just really been getting very aggressive themselves on the same topic. They just reported back in June of 2007 a very big, but a comprehensive report on discrimination and in the workplace, and they said the global picture of job-related discrimination is tremendously pathetic. Hmm. And that we needed to fight it. And they saw it based on sex, race, religion, sexual orientation, HIV, AIDS, status, and disability. 
They're quoted that the condemnation of discrimination in employment and occupation is today almost universal, as is the political commitment to tackle it. They said nine out of ten ILO member states had ratified the two core conventions on discrimination. So they're fighting it, too, because they said, too, that unfortunately that it, and it makes it unequal, insecure, and very unsafe, but it also prevents society from realizing the full potential of today's globalized economy. Wow. In other words, if you are going to discriminate, you're really not reaching your own potential of how much money you can make. Hmm. Let's take a young company, and I'm rambling here, but I'm not. Okay, okay go ahead. Uh, let's take. This is okay. interesting. You can ramble let's this. say I'm going to open a company. All okay. Right. All right. And I am going to sell whatever m- widgets, and I decide I only want to hire people under the age of 30. Right. And the problem is, is that these widgets could be sold to people who are 60, uh, 50, and 40. And the best. Also, the people right now in America who have the most potential buying power, too, okay? Mm-hmm. And so these kids who are going to try to sell it to a person who's 40 or 50, they don't have the understanding of mentality of a 40 or 50-year-old, and they're going to try selling it to them. They're not going to be able to say, hey, this is how it's going to work in your world. This is based upon your experience. They won't be able to feel that person why they would need it. You know what I mean? They right. can't relate. Right. So it's the same thing with minorities. You know, for some reason, sometimes it's having a minority selling to another minority group or having minorities that at least teach you how to sell to another minority group. If you had an all-white company, mm-hmm. and you, how are you going to be able to empathize with the other minorities in the world? Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that because it would cost me money. Just, it would. Just, I mean, just for your example, you're saying that? Yeah, and the thing is, but unfortunately, companies don't see that. And companies are so unproductive in that way. You see a lot of companies, even Google had been accused of this. Google has been accused of being extremely young. You know, great ideas, they know how to bring it to the table, but they don't know how to be mature enough to establish the idea and have it really continue down the market. They've come up with a lot of new little widgets, gadgets, and brands, but they've never been able to fully put a full focus market on it. I got a newsflash. Mm-hmm. You know, we get news flashes from, from our readers, and people send us stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, this is um, interesting. You know the New York governor, Elliot Spitzer? Mm-hmm. I like him. You like him? I do. That guy's got he, – I like him. He he did something that was uh, – which you may like, but it, it'll cause a lot of guys to go uh, cringe. So I don't know if I'm telling myself if I cringe at this, but I'm cringing at it as I read this. I'm going, eh. Mm-hmm. All right. New York governor, Elliot Spitzer. Bitzer mm-hmm. has signed into law legislation that requires employers to give women time off to express milk or nurse their children for a period of time, up to three years, following the birth of a child. Now, the law is going into effect immediately, and this mm-hmm. is in New York, not Atlanta, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it bars employers from discriminating against an employee who chooses to express milk in the workplace and requires employers to make a reasonable effort to provide private space for women to express milk or nurse their children. Uh, I don't want to see that. Well, you know, I got to tell you, my husband. I mean, that's what they're saying. You don't want to see it, and they're no. saying that's why they want to give them the opportunity to go to a private room. Opportunity, but what if there's not one? Well, that's why uh, they have to create one. That's an added expense for the company. It's called reasonable accommodation. That's an added expense for the company. Well, well can let me ask you this: What if 
um, I hired, uh, I don't know, seven Muslim workers to do whatever. And at certain times of the day, they want to um, pray towards the east, I believe. That's, that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they don't have a, I don't have a prayer room for them to pray on the workplace. Do I have to make a reasonable accommodation for them HP to have that? HP won that lawsuit, by the way. Who? HP won that lawsuit. So, so you don't have to create a prayer room if you hire Muslims who want to pray they, at certain times of the day. They okay. I know that HP won the lawsuit the first time around, so I'm not sure if the lawsuit's gone back. So please don't come back and say, "Oh, you're wrong," because they could have gone. I know it was supposed to have gone. They were they were contesting this, okay? Hmm. But if it see, it comes down to is it unreasonable? Um, is it going to be making unreasonable conditions for the company itself? Are they going to lose money? And it's like, for example, if you only have seven employees, mm-hmm. then that would be considered unreasonable accommodation. Possibly. Unreasonable if because, you have to go because, and make because a it's so low. Make it so low. Right. I mean, it's like, okay, can you let this woman go off for about an hour and let her come back home? Can she be back in an hour? She can go on her lunch break, in other words. Or can you really just turn that little scared storage room at the end of the hallway into a, a nursing room? I mean, it's like, is that that unreasonable? Okay? And uh, it's but really that's so subjective. That, you can't put that in the writing because it's so subjective. No, it's not because reasonable means it's like, is it really going to break the bank for her to be away for an hour? That's really, I mean, she could do it in her lunch break. She could do it then. And this is what they're saying. What's considered reasonable accommodation? If it's not going to cost the company tons and tons of money, they don't have to go make a brand new room. If you have 50 employees or, or uh, more, you have that's not considered unreasonable. If you have less than fifteen employees, then that could be considered unreasonable. Mm. Okay, and that depends mm. on the state. When I say fifty, now, like for example, my husband, <sighs> they have that at his company where he works. Right. And what they do is they created that the break room during a specific time is off limits to certain people. Why? Because that's when the women are. Doing uh, see, I just don't want to see that. No, you aren't. Nobody's seeing that. They're in there privately doing it. This dude's a show. See, this, this is this is we should have Al Bundy here. You watch this and show. And by the way, they keep the milk in the fridge. They keep it in. Uh-huh. The fridge. See, I don't want to see that. No. Yeah, you, know, you, know, you remember the show Married with Children? Pardon? You remember the show Married with Children? Yeah. Do you remember the you character Al Bundy? Al Bundy I'm here. having Al Bundy moment. There's you something about Al Bundy, Bundy I just like. Now, Al, if Al Bundy were here, mm-hmm. and if I can find uh, a video clip of Al Bundy on this issue, because they did a show about this, mm-hmm. and it is a show where Al was in a shoe store, mm-hmm. and some woman came in to, to buy some shoes, so mm-hmm. um, he went in the back to get some shoes or something to, 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 um, to show her, mm-hmm. and while he was gone, she started nursing the child. So when he walked back in, and saw her nursing. He was like, Ah, hey, hey, no, not not here. We're going to the bathroom. Go somewhere else. I don't have to, I don't want to see that in the workplace. Yeah, that's, that's you know. Me. And so, so wait a minute. So she got offended and went to Marcy. You know, Marcy is mm-hmm. his his arch enemy and next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so she gathered a group of women together who were all nursing, and they all came in and had a milk in mm-hmm. in his store. Now that's a bit extreme, that's sure, extreme. but. I can just imagine if you someone taking uh, a time to make a political statement along the lines 
well, what in the, the office is, for that. What he's saying, look, is just make reasonable accommodation so you don't have to see it. Okay? He's uh, saying, look, you don't want to see it, and that's fair. So put her, and she doesn't want you to have to see it, so put her in a nice place that she feels comfortable. And that it's but what if there's no nice places on the premises? It's only like 20 minutes to do so anyways. Hey, because she has to do it. I mean, unfortunately, a woman who's nursing. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So it means that. They want to bring their children to work? And no, nurse they them? don't. They, what they're doing is they extract. They don't have to bring their kids to work. And that's they, use, the they go in the back and use a, a breast uh, Yes, a breast pump. Uh, yeah. And so what uh, you have to do, it. that's the problem. If they don't do it, it they, it's, it's not healthy. I mean, it's uh, that way. I'm, I'm not going to give you all the biological things that happen. Okay. It's, this way. It doesn't, it's not healthy for the kid because the kid's not going to get milk eventually. Uh, and, it's, and, it hurt, and it's not healthy for the woman because it hurts the mm, woman tremendously. It's a lot uh, of pain. And so, uh, yeah, I know. But let me tell you something. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real. I'm I'm gonna be really male here. Well, that's because you know you I just don't want to see that in the office. You're not there going to see it. That's what he's, saying, is he's trying to make sure that you don't have to see it, huh? But if there no, okay, now you're saying about reasonable accommodation, but if there are no, what if there are no accommodations? I guess I guess you, well, I guess you can always go to the bathroom, right? That's right. And then what they're saying right. is let the woman, without any discrimination, be able to say, I have to go and do it, and not the boss doesn't say, well, you can't do it, you have to work, you know. Or, you know, they are saying, okay, at a set time, and it's always a set time, you can do it, too. So they say, at one, two, between 1 and one fifteen, I have to take a break, boss, to go either to the bathroom, wherever. And, and present me. my baby latte. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And obviously, I don't want anybody else in the office to see it because I'm a little concerned. Oh, women are going to hate me for this podcast. They will. No, they're not going to hate you because they just. I don't hate you for this. I wow. just recognize that you have never had to experience or. No, no, no. I, I, I had, you know, I have children, but I mean, it's like I, I don't do it, see it in the workplace. It's well, a place for everything. Yeah, but the, guess That's what? Not, that part of life is like going to the bathroom. You know, you have to go to the bathroom. I don't want to see you going to the bathroom, but you have to go to the bathroom, and your boss can't tell you you can't go. Well, it's kind of like that. It's a bodily function that needs to be done. You know who won't have this problem? What? Bill Gates, because he's retiring. <laughs> before he's we retiring go there, from Microsoft. Before we go there, I wanted to mention something mm. about Spitzer. I wanted to let people know about this new law that came about, too. Okay, come on, go on, talk about Bill. Before I talk, you want to talk about Bill first? No, no, no. Go ahead so we can talk about Bill. Um, Spitzer, you know, well, right now the big, huge thing that the government's cracking down on is mm. misclassification. And our How so? Misclassification, misclassification of what? employees. Where, you see, there's a lot of companies, especially in our industry. Wait a minute. This isn't, this isn't the, you're, you're uh, a contractor. I'm going to give you a full definition. Slash employee. Mm-hmm. But you're, well, I want to keep you a contract because I don't want to pay benefits for you. Right. Didn't company get sued for that? Oh, um, one. There are quite a few. Yeah, I was going to say one. FedEx <laughs> just got major massive. I think it was 300, 300, 300 million. They just came off. 300 something million. Who got paid? Who, who? FedEx just recently. It was like two days ago. FedEx got taxed. Well, I won't say taxed, but they Not got taxed. hit. They got hit 300 million. I think it was 300 million for misclassification. For keeping people on as contractors for forever because they don't want to pay them employee benefits. So they were calling. Well, see, what happened is I think it was misclassification. Don't quote me on this. I, was, I know they just got hit with 300 million, okay? And yeah. I believe it was misclassification, but it could have been discrimination. So I'm not sure exactly which one it was, okay? Mm. Um. What happens is is that I don't want to pay you benefits, or I don't want to also pay you Social Security, and I don't want to pay you workman's comp. Well, it's expensive. 
Just to pay the play. Anything. So I, I don't want to pay any of those FICA, biker, anything, okay? I mean, so what happens is i just going to go ahead and call you a contract recruiter. I'll call you a contractor. I'll call you all kinds of names, okay? Super consultant guy. Yeah, yeah, whatever. We call, but, but yet I'm still treating you as an employee. In other words, I'm having you come into the office. I'm being your boss. I'm telling you how to do your work. Mm. I'm paying your expenses. I'm paying your business card. I pay your drive. I mean, I give you a salary, the whole thing, okay? Mm. And unfortunately, that's no can do. You're not a contractor. See, when we talked about an I-9 in an earlier podcast, right? Or a 1090, okay, there's an I-9 worker or there's a 1090, okay? And when you're an I-9, you're an employee, okay? Mm-hmm. A 1090, or if you want to do, uh, you're a W-2 worker, okay? Right. If you do a 1090, which means I don't pay your taxes in any shape, way, or form. You're an independent contractor, means that you can work for other people as well. You can choose when to do the work, how to do the work, as long as the work's done based upon your specifications and your scope. But you can't tell me how to do it. I I don't have to come into the office, and I definitely don't go to meetings. Okay, so here's the problem: recruiters, our industry is really, really bad at this. Well, Spitzer, the government, by the way, they're mean about this. The IRS and Department of Labor don't like it. They will come. Department of Labor will come after you for overtime. They'll come after you for back page back wages. They'll come back after you for all of that Social Security, the whole deal. The IRS, they're even worse. They'll come back for interest penalties. They'll come back for your back penalties. They'll come back for, I mean, they'll hit you for every tax that they could hit you and any interest they can get on top of that. Well, Spitzer said in New York, what he's also going to do is add another penalty for call fraud. Hmm. You know, because you were being fraudulent by calling that employee an um, non-employee, a contractor. So you can't say, uh, I didn't know. That's right. And so the thing is, I mean, this is the government or the Senate just said recently to the Department of Labor as well as to the IRS that they needed to crack down harder on this, too. And I remember last year, about June, because that was about the same time frame that the, the House said crack, they were cracking down, there were about three people on ERE that were asking for advice on what to do because they were being busted. And I remember they were being busted for that. They were getting an audit on this, okay? And if you're going to get an audit on it, that means you're going to lose more than likely. Now, what happens to you find is that sometimes companies will use staffing firms to misclassify employees. And, by the way, you know who has been the worst offender so far? Who? The government. And no. The White House. The White House just got busted for a couple hundred million themselves. The White House. Oh, that's bad. Yep, they were well, misclassified. It was especially bad. If, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, they time and all that stuff, and that's another thing. They don't want to pay overtime. So you go ahead and say, that's another thing, too. We'll, call, we'll classify you, like, for example, recruiters. Recruiters, by the way, must be paid overtime. Unless we're making more than 2500 bucks. I think it was a month or something like that. Okay? What, if, what if you're a contingency recruiter and you get um, paid only on commission? That's not true. We can't be paid this commission if we're coming into an office. If you go into an office, if you're working there, yeah. you must be paid uh, minimum wage plus time uh, time and a half. So if I want to get a, so if I'm a manager, I want to get around that little thing. I'd say everybody, hey, be virtual, work on your own schedule. 
But can't do that because you're making them come into the office. You're being no. Their once boss. I say don't come into the office, but you're still being their boss. You can't be a boss. I can't be. I, there can't be contractors. You can't pay a person a minimum wages unless they're outside sales. I mean, no wages unless they're outside sales. Outside salespeople are the only people that can actually be considered non-exempt from this stuff. Okay, where in other words, they don't, they're, they're exempted, I should say, from having to be paid all of the, you know, FICA's, bikers and all that stuff, a minimum wage, okay? Mm. Because, for, and I don't understand the whole dynamics on this, and I'm not a lawyer, but for what I've gathered is that because they're basically on their own, with their own schedule, doing their own meeting, they just come into the office and turn stuff in, and then they leave, and that's the own, and they don't, they do what they want, they're free willy. An outside salesperson pretty much is their own boss. But so you can't you, treat recruiters that way. We don't because you're. No, no, you can't. You can't treat them that under that. What you're saying under statute, you can't do because that. Because your client, okay, it's your client, okay, yeah. and you're telling the recruiter what to do. You're telling the recruiter how to do what they're doing. You're telling the recruiter based upon how the recruiter does the job, and what your involvement with them, then they're not contractors. Unless now you can have them as a contract worker, if they're being 10.99, that means you can't tell them what to do. You let they are working independently. You say, look, I've got a job to fill. If you want to fill it for me, here's what I need to have filled. Here's some ideas what I can like to do. But do it. When, here's I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But if you can get me some candidates, I'd appreciate it. That's fine. And then they help you. That's a contractor. In other words, I'm not telling them what to do or how to do it, mm-hmm. and they get paid based upon what they bring to the table. There's so much in running a business. And, and there is. As soon, I mean, as, as, soon as, you start, as soon as you start taking on employees, it just, it just goes to a totally different different thing. Well, the thing is the IRS does have 20 um, rules on their site that determines what a contractor is and what's not, right? Right. The problem is, um, is that people look at it and think it's black and white. And they specifically say, hey, no, you don't use what we have here as black and white. Don't hmm. say that this is, you know, this is it. This is how it is. Right. Okay, you, and by the way, recruiters should be compensated on a salary or fee basis of at least 455 per week. 455 per week. And that was back, well, that was before the wages had gone up, but they must be compensated at least 455 per week on a salary basis or at least bringing that much money. Hmm. I mean, and that's the, the issue that people don't Someone's going to want to talk to you a bit more in depth about that. Yes. Uh, well. And, and they can contact us, and we're running out of time. They can contact you. Through my email address, because we share so much, uh, Jim Stroud, J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D, at JimStroud.com. If you have any other questions or comments about what we talked about. Can I say something? I did find something I wanted to read, okay? Okay, I was doing my wind-up, but go ahead, real quick. Okay, then we can wind up. In determining an independent contractor versus an employee, a couple of questions should be answered. The crucial one being, what is the relationship? Does the contracting department control the means and the methods for accomplishing the task or is the individual sufficiently independent from the contracting department and its control? And once the relationship has been de- determined, departments must also establish if the independent contractor is permitted under the Civil Service Amendment and associated statutes and rules. 
In other words, you, in addition, the following must be considered in all independent contract relationships. It sounds like a bunch of legalese. Make it Hold English. on, this is quick. This is easy. English. Does the worker determine his or her own schedule, freely work for several other clients, have his or her own place of business, has uh, use his or her own equipment, and bill by an hourly rate or lump sum for specified deliverables? That's how you can help determine. And then above, the federal laws will also look at the amount of investment in the facilities and equipment relative to your investment, the amount of skill, initiative, judgment, or foresight required for the worker to succeed, and the worker's independence in the structure of the business organization and operation. Okay, close it out. Okay, and that's pretty much the general rule, that a leased worker should never repeat contracts never participate in employee functions, have no offices or cubicles with their names posted similar to employees, have an assigned phone number, or receive performance recognition by the department. It's pretty standard. Pretty standard indeed. Do you have any questions or comments? You know what? You say this part because that's it already. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact Jim Stroud at J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com. Oh, go ahead. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email Karen or myself at my email address, Jim Stroud, J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D, at JimStroud.com. And Jim is going to be making an email just for me so you guys can email me directly. Yes. Yes, I will. All right. So um, if you have, if all hearts and minds are clear, and I think they are, we're going to say bye-bye. 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 And thanks for listening. I know it was a little bit of a ramble. Thanks for rambling. That's okay. That's why we love you. Yeah, I hope so. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or (laughs) just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. Podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud and you're not. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiters Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.